Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. Today was supposed to be a rest day. Yeah, hey. you know, <laughs> we had like going back to last week, just between pre-recording episodes and doing live streams and everything like that. Today was supposed to be the one day off that we had. Uh, and then Eisenman woke up and decided to solve Detroit's starting goalie of the near to medium future problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the biggest need that everybody's been circling for a while now, Eisenman says, you know what? Expansion draft, actual draft, two days apart. I got time in between. Let's do this. I actually had some ambition of Eisenman holding off on this until after the draft. I, not like I was like, oh, don't make any trades or signings. But I was like, you know, there's just so much to do. I would love to just be able to sleep peacefully. <laughs> and I say that in jest because obviously we're thrilled with what happened today. Um, completely out of left field. No one would have predicted it. Um, among some other, or among signing um, Michael Rasmussen to a great contract today, uh, Steve Eisman acquired Alex Nedeljkovic from the Carolina Hurricanes for the rights to pending UFA, uh, Jonathan Bernier, and the third round pick acquired from Vegas all the way back from the Tomas Tatar trade. Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast, the special after hours episode, very abbreviated, but we just wanted to do this quick hit for you to obviously talk about that <laughs> uh, incredibly big news. I'm Ryan Hanna. For some reason, still awake at 1130. I'm Brad Crisco. So, yeah, this wasn't part of our plan. But uh, when something big enough like this happens, we want to just put out a quick tidbit for you guys. So we hope you appreciate it. So let's talk about the biggie here. Uh, Alex Nedeljkovic is a – I'm saying star goalie here. He had a breakthrough season in Carolina. But we're talking leading the league in goals against average – leading the league in save percentage last season, and according to hockey reference, was top five in goals saved above average. Uh, in certain other met metrics, goals saved above expected, I think uh, by evolving hockey, he was third. Third place in Calder Trophy voting for Rookie of the Year. 25-year-old goaltender who has seemingly done the development stage. And Steve Eisman acquired him for legitimately a throwaway pick, not to say third round picks are, are are valueless, but a throwaway pick that's Vegas's third. It's not even Detroit's third. That is closer to a fourth round pick. And Jonathan Bernier, who was already going to walk in unrestricted free agency. We make jokes. We have like the Eisman laser eyes meme. We have the Eiser plan jokes. Holy shit. If you are a GM... Do your best to not pick up the phone when Steve Eisman calls because he will take the clothes off your back and you will hand them to him. What I'm trying to find an angle to this that isn't incredible for Detroit, and I can't. I can't. Okay. Obviously, I'm on board that this is an incredible deal. They basically gave up a late third-round pick, which, fun side note, this completes the Tomash Tatar trade. So now the return on Tomash Tatar is Joe Valeno. Robert Master Simone and Alex Nedeljkovic, so we can 
throw that uh, into the hopper for judging, you know, Ken Holland's final significant move on his way out. So thanks for that, Kenny. Uh, please stop ruining Edmonton. The the downside to this trade, and it's not a significant one, is he's still fairly unproven. He, yes, he was a finalist for Calder. Uh, yes, he put up huge numbers. Uh, his total career NHL experience, though, is 29 games. Like, total. Um, and he was the Calder finalist in the shortened season behind a very good team. So you factor that in. Yeah, there is an, a chance that a, a better than slim chance that he's going to end up being terrible or not the starting goalie we think he is. They gave up a late third round pick and signed him to a two year contract for minimal cap. It. So even if that happens, they're not screwed like they are. It sucks if that happens, but it it almost doesn't even matter, which is the real beauty of this. Uh, biggest risk here is that the two-year contract walks him to UFA. So if he does perform extremely well here and they can't come to a contract, well then, you know, they're SOL. But again, they gave up next to nothing for him. Yeah, Bernier's rights. And if he signs in Carolina, great for Carolina. But he wasn't signing in Detroit. So I don't even view that as an asset given up in the trade because a, a goalie of Bernier's caliber is not typically the type of goalie who's going to get an asset to get negotiating rights. This was probably just like, oh, we're taking your goalie. You want our old one? No, like literally you can just have him here, throw it in. Um, makes the trade headline look better for from Carolina's perspective. So yeah, th- that's the downside is there's not a long track record in the NHL. But then if you dig deeper, he's he was a reasonable AHL goalie. I remember him in the OHL with Plymouth and watching him against Kitchener a ton, and he was an absolute pain in Kitchener's ass. And he was, I think, a near 920 goalie in the OHL. So he was he was a good prospect coming out. Um, I think he had three playoff runs in the AHL in a row where he was over 915, including a Calder Cup championship run. Um, so he, he won it down there uh, as the starting goalie. So there's not a long track record in the NHL, but there is a track record and it's good. So it's not like he's a guy who came out of left field. He's not, you know, Chris Drieger or Andrew Hammond, um, you know, book still out on Drieger, but yeah, this is a phenomenal trade and signing from just about every angle you want to take on it. Cause the biggest win here is a uh, really cool down the wall set uh, at six talk today, which I was super <laughs> appreciative of. <laughs> Well, I mean, I just want to double back. I think, Brad, you gave a very pragmatic and honest look at the possible downside. And I just want to really illustrate your point. You know, not to take away from it, it's honest and it's it's true. It's factual. Anyone who's looking at this has to say, yep, that's obviously something that could happen. But a thing that you were emphasizing in there is that there's virtually no downside to the overall scheme of this. Like, when we talk about prospects coming in and we talk about their ultimate ceiling and we always say it very, very, very rarely happens where the, where players reach their absolute peak that way. You can flip that around and you can say in this case with Nedeljkovic, it's very, very, very unlikely that this guy's going to crash and burn to the point where it's going to be useless for Detroit. Like this is a guy. Yeah, it's 30 games in the NHL, 29, 30 games. Uh, is that a, a proven track record where you're going to sign him to a long term deal? No. Is it a proven track record where you say he's going to com- be competing for the Vezina every year? No, you, you can't say that yet. But this is a guy who 
competed for the Calder Trophy, did incredibly well stepping in for a cup caliber Carolina Hurricanes team. That is about as good as you can get. And you couple that with a two-year contract at literally the exact same cap hit that Jonathan Bernie was making at $3 million a year. I, The UFA thing is the only thing that matters really for people who want to be super nitpicky about it. And you have to imagine for Eisenman, he said to Nedeljkovic, because you know, part of the reason if Carolina wanted to trade him, uh, he's going to go to arbitration. They were worried about the arbitration award. And for one reason or another, beyond me, um, they didn't want to give him his ask of $3.5 million a year. I'm sure Eisenman said to him, look, I'll give you $3 million a year for two years. You're going to get an excellent opportunity in Detroit to either be the de facto starting goalie or you're going to split the net with Grice. And we're going to walk you right to free agency. If you earn it, I'll pay you. Or I don't pay you and someone will, right? And and that was very clearly the trade-off there. If you're a Red Wings fan, you are looking at a, a win, 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 win scenario. Plain yeah, like what's the worst case scenario? He performs really well for the next two years and the Red Wings have to pay him too much on his next contract? <laughs> like, <laughs> remember when the Red Wings had that problem, when they had players good enough where we were worried about the money they were asking for? That hasn't yeah. happened in a long time. What's the next bad scenario here? He plays really well. He wants a lot of money. Detroit's still bad and not willing to sign it to him. Cool. That's a hell of a rental in the la- in the second year of the contract. So recoup a good amount of assets there. And yeah, like the the truly only bad case scenario is he flames out. He sucks. Okay, we have a crappy backup goalie for two years. Uh, here here you go, Grice. You're you're getting a lot of ice time. That's worst case scenario. And let's allow, allow ourselves to be optimistic here. This is a good young. Oh, I am. I am very confident. To scrape for excuses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, I think we've done enough on that front. Let's appreciate this for what it is. This is a 25 year old goalie who was bought for a pit, a pittance, a pittance, pittance. I don't know how hard you say the T there. This solves, this should solve Detroit's net mining problem for the next five to eight plus years. Should. Or at the very least, it makes it less of a pressing issue. Nedeljkovic is young enough and has enough upside to the point where he can be in the net in some capacity throughout the rebuild. And when the Red Wings come out of it, be their starting goalie for a competitive team. That is the hope here. And that is a very, very real strong possibility for a late third round pick and a pending UFA. Yeah, a a late third round pick for the goalie who might be backstopping you when you're good again. In a re- at a reasonable age, um, like it, it's absolutely insane to me because I try looking at this from Carolina's angle so many times, and the only solution I can come to is the owner's cheap because it makes they don't have a goalie right now signed for next year, and they're supposed to be competing for the cup. None, zero, Reimer, Mrazek, Bernier, all UFAs. Like Nedeljkovic was their starter last year. I. They apparently, who was it? Uh, EJ Raddick reported their offer was 1.5. Oof. He, he was the Calder finalist, and you don't have another goalie signed, and that was your offer? I, I cannot wrap my head around it at all. And then I think the it was nice uh, thing here. Sorry, go ahead. I think it was Brad Galley asked Eisenman during the uh, his presser today. He was like, you know, a lot of people are saying, why would Carolina do this? 
uh, it kind of posed a question to, to Eisenman. It's an oversimplification of the question. And Eisenman said, like, you're, I don't know, you're going to have to ask Carolina. And it's funny because that reads as like a dunk on Carolina. Like, I don't know, you're going to have to ask Carolina why they let me steal that player. But if you watch it, poor Eisenman was just saying, like, I'm not the guy to speak for other GMs. Like, Eisenman barely answers questions up front as is. But the way he yeah. said it was so hysterical. He literally said, why'd they do that? Mm-hmm. Why are you asking me? This is fun. This is this is a goalie who could be the goalie for the Red Wings for the next seven years. I'm happy. I'm thrilled. The uh, good thing about bringing him in now, a lot of people are going to be saying, well, he's probably not going to put up a, you know, 920, 930 save percentage. <laughs> no um, Nobody would on this team. And, you know, a sub two goals against average. And yeah, you're absolutely right. I'd be shocked if that happened on these Red Wings. But you know what? He he can get his minutes between the pipes. And if at any point there's a stretch of the season where it's just not working for him, Detroit has another goalie capable of holding this net and Thomas Grice signed for this next season. You know, if Nadelkovich's number is 35 games, if it's 50 games, if it's, uh, you know, less or more, whatever it is, Detroit has the option to split that with Grice. They have, you know, not good goalies, but they have goalies down in the AHL to bring up in case of injury. It's not like they're going to be competing for the playoffs next year in all likelihood. Um, It's just everything is primed here for Detroit to win this, for Nedeljkovic to win this, for the fans to be pumped about it. So, um, Yeah, and you can almost galaxy brain this and say the Red Wings being bad is going to bring down his numbers, which might help the next contract. So (laughs) get him in a little cheaper. After next year, you say, hey, uh, we like what you've done. Here's a three-year extension at, you know, I don't know, $4 million, $5 million. Oh, I, I did forget to bring up the one other downside uh, I found um, in trading for Nadelkovich. It's it's a small thing, but it's important. It's worth mentioning. Unfortunately, he's from Ohio. I saw that, and I'm going to have to bite my tongue on that one. Well, congrats. <laughs> Congratulations, Alex, on making it to the great state of Michigan. It's uh, always happy to see <laughs> a success story. Ohio, really. <laughs> All the Ohio listeners are one day going to come to a meetup and just beat the shit out of us for making fun. <laughs> and then they will realize they are horribly outnumbered. <laughs> well, uh, I-, I want you to know that it's actually purely because of what uh, Ohio State does to Michigan in football. Like, I just can't win, so I have to take cheap pot shots at the team. Or at the yeah, state, Columbus seems say. like a great city. Still, screw it. Um, Nedeljkovic is going to come over. It's going to be very exciting. Is he going to wear number 39? Who knows? Um, thrilled to <laughs> have him. People money on their jerseys. Yeah, no kidding. If you have a Mantha it's jersey. A long, it's a longer last name than Mantha. You can just slap the name bar over top of it. <laughs> It'll be a little lumpy, but it, it's worth it. No, seriously. Um, what a great day to be a Red Wings fan. Like, truly like all the eyes are playing jokes are you know it's fun to get carried away with them but for him to make that deal it was a it was literally two days ago where i was saying man it sucks that bernie is gonna walk for nothing and in the end managed to flip him into alex and delkovich along with the third unreal um another move that Eisenman made today was locking in a restricted free agent um Michael Rasmussen to a three-year deal with a 1.46 million dollar cap hit um his expiry status he'll be an RFA at the end of it as well um what else is there to say beyond or about this deal besides it's great for Rasmussen who had good development last year really ramped that up and showed a lot of what fans have been wanting to see from him for a little while um 
cemented his spot on the Red Wings full time for the next foreseeable future. And Eisman locked up a low risk, high upside contract for minimal cap hit. And if Rasmussen continues to produce and he plays confidently in the middle six in the power play, it's a win for Detroit. Tidy piece of work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised it was three years. I was expecting a kind of like a show me deal, like a one year million dollars. Like, hey, let's see what you really are. Because, you know, we were obviously happy with Rasmussen's progression this year, but like you still can't look past the the he was drafted ninth overall and he's a forward who put up 12 points in like 40 games. So there's still a long way for him to grow, but it, it's such a cheap contract. If he devolves into just like a fourth line grinder who eats some minutes on the PK, it's still a worthwhile contract. Um, and if that power play prowess that he supposedly had does come back, not supposedly he did have it. Um, but if it does start to translate to the NHL level, then it's, it's an absolute steal. Yeah, it's like, I think you're exactly right. Worst case scenario here, Detroit has a fourth line player who they're paying fourth line money. You know, he's big, he can be a physical presence, he's using his physicality a little bit more. And that net front front presence is like, even if you're a bad player, you can still know how to be big in front of the net. And that's we're talking, the floor falls out from beneath him. I liked what I saw from Rasmussen last year. And I think if he keeps that up and keeps chipping away at that, he can be a reasonably productive third line player for Detroit. Um, his flexibility across the forward lines is is also something that's an advantage. So, I mean, I would have been happy with today if that was the only deal that was made. I, I think Red Wings yeah. Twitter was already like, or Red Wings fandom was already really happy. Um, but yeah, all in all, good day to be a Red Wings fan. I want to note the Red Wings are saying goodbye to Jonathan Bernier. Um, he was here for a few seasons, was it? I Three? I want I want to yeah. say I want to build the guy a statue. What oh, Bernie deserves one. What Bernie did in Detroit was akin to what Jimmy Howard did in his best years in Detroit, especially when the team started to be bad. But he did it to the nth degree. Like he had a terrible, terrible defense in front of him a lot of the time. Um, a lot of nights he would get shelled and he would just eat all of those pucks. You know, from 2018 through 2021, the guy came in, did his job in net, uh, was happy to be here while he's here, and and played behind some pretty unforgiving defenses, giving up a worlds, worlds of high danger chances. The numbers weren't always there, but I mean, last season he managed a 914, which was nuts, save percentage. Um, but Red Wings fans know how good this guy was. So I, if he ends up in Carolina, that's amazing because I think that's a possible winning situation for him. But wherever he goes, I, I wish him nothing but the best. And I know most, if not all Red Wings fans feel the same way, like, Jonathan Bernier was just such a gem for the Red Wings. It's kind of fitting that one of his last games in Detroit was a 50 save 2-1 overtime loss. Yeah. <laughs> to a T. Um I, I know it I know it isn't, but part of me wants to believe that's the reason. He's just like, no, I'm going to market. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah um something a quick note you'll you'll notice is saying nadelkovich that's just how you pronounce it i know you people get hung up on the j but good for you to learn that now nadelkovich um he went by net a lot in carolina i believe that's what they call called him um so there's that you mentioned the point here i want to pivot to a, a smaller amount of draft talk before wrapping up this very brief episode does this taper off the likelihood of drafting jesper wallstedt Six overall. I won't even mention Kosa. 
Does this taper off the possibility of drafting Wallstat? But remember that Eisman very clearly and explicitly said in today's presser that he does not subscribe right now to selecting for positions of need because it's not easy in the NHL to draft those positions in need and have it translate into your lineup. It's not like the NFL. I know, Brad, you're about to say more at Cider. <laughs> but that, I'm just parroting what Eisman said today. He doesn't think position of need is the way to go. They're going to draft the best player available just because A, they have a lot of needs and B, the NHL is weird in terms of your needs when you're drafting and as opposed to when the player makes the team. All right, Brad, get your piece in. What did Steve Eiserman say about listening to Steve Eiserman? I know. I know. I don't know. I believed him this time. He seemed honest. <laughs> well, he also said that he didn't have a goal in his top 10. So we'll see. Um, should this preclude them from taking Wallstead at six? No. Because Wallstead is at best two to three years away. Nadelkovich is on a two-year contract. If it goes sideways, you have your insurance plan. Again, I'm going to reiterate, I wouldn't do it. And I'm hoping that I'm wrong. And this does help the case of not taking him there. But I am also a believer in best player available. I agree with Eiserman. You don't know what the team is going to look like by the time most of these prospects are going to be ready. So if you, if they truly believe Wallstead is the best player available at six, they should still take him. That should not stop them. Is Wallstead the best? available maybe how much risk do you factor in who knows we've had this conversation at length but no it shouldn't change it i'm hoping it does selfishly um but yeah i i think it's more likely we'll see a goalie or two later in the draft like take a flyer on a tristan lennox a benjamin goudreau a kolosov something like that uh but yeah it i don't think it changes a ton i I agree that they would I would still want them to target later in the draft. I think it does change something. Um I think if you're drafting a Wallset or a Kosa, you want them within two to three years. And to me, you have to bank on on Nadelkovic being the answer in two to three years. That's a lot of draft capital to spend on Wallstead. And when you can bring in a guy and spend much less less capital, which is literally a late third in, in Bernier. I'm happier pivot. I'm happy to pivot away from Wallstead here if they have someone close. If they believe Wallstead is an insane, otherworldly talent, much better than Owen Power, Eklund, Beniers, whoever, then no, they should still draft him. I agree. But if it's close to me, this this pushes them away. With the caveat that they still need to replenish the goalie pipeline, it can't just be Nedeljkovic the only solution up and down all the way through minors. Um, they need to add some more there. So yeah. In terms of later rounds, I would like to see them pick a goalie or two. So, I mean, Grand Rapids is going to need other goalies eventually. Uh, I mean, I was happy to pivot away from Wallstead at six uh, when Thomas Christ was our only goalie. So, it doesn't <laughs> change my opinion. I know you are. Um, a few other notes from the presser. Nothing, you know, terribly newsworthy in terms of Iserman. Um A little bit of interesting conversation about Tyler Bertuzzi. The read I'm getting on the Bertuzzi situation, Eisenman said, you know, his goal is to not only sign him in Detroit for next year, but then also long term. I'm trying not to read into it too much. Uh, kind of an impression I'm getting is that maybe the Bertuzzi camp isn't wanting to go long term right now. And that's what Eisenman wants to do 
even just to replicate the Mantha situation where you have a good player cost controlled with term and then you have flexibility with them whether you want to keep or move them um a lot of people were saying oh this means eisman doesn't want to trade bertuzzi look whether or not he wants to trade bertuzzi he's not going to go up there and say yeah i'd love to get this guy signed to a great contract so i can flip him for assets like no gm's gonna go up there and do that but yeah i think there's maybe a little bit of a discussion going on there with the bertuzzi contract and it might be an interesting negotiation because bertuzzi probably wants his full value and eisman's probably saying well i mean you missed the entire entirety of last season pretty much so something's got to give here so we'll see where that one goes um he's expecting a little bit of a pause here until after the draft just because agents are focusing more on ufas right now so rfas take a little bit of a back burner so that said i'm fully expecting him to make a major signing at 2 a.m after we post this late night episode (laughs) yeah they're they're literally printing the paper as we record yeah all right the Red Wings sign Rasmussen through to a three-year deal. The Red Wings acquire presumptive starting goalie of the future, Alex Nedeljkovic, and then sign him to a two-year deal. Uh, any final thoughts here, Brad, on that? No. <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, Man, it's almost not- midnight. You're not getting anything else out of me at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good time to call it. Uh, thank you for tuning into this very, very, very brief uh, episode of the Wing Wheel Podcast. We just wanted to get this quick hit out to you. Um, don't know when you're listening to this, but if it's before the NHL draft, tune into our live stream on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Winged Wheel Podcast. Follow us on Twitter uh, at Winged Wheel Pod. Um, the whole shebang. Draft weekend's coming. We're pumped for it. Stay tuned go to bed thanks for tuning in to the winged wheel podcast be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com where you can subscribe to the show on itunes spotify or wherever you get your podcasts you'll also find links to other ways to support the show such as patreon official podcast apparel and more and don't forget to follow the show on twitter at winged wheel pod and of course the hosts at brad crisco at ryan hannah wwp and at hockey town evan